Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. And this is Wags. And joining me as always is Dane. We are on a emotional high <laughs> because Dane, we just had the opportunity to interview Andre Risen. Dane, <laughs> what's running through your did, mind right did now? Did that just happen? That was the coolest. And we got to tell you, offline before we started recording and then once we started recording awesome guy super interesting shared some really interesting stories about the the time in green bay stuff that i had never heard about before he even walked through that famous 54 yard touchdown play in the super bowl and shared exactly what was going through his mind as that football was hanging in the air yeah and andre you know he's he was very generous in in what he shared and very interesting and insightful guy because it was clear that uh, that time with the Packers was a very special time in his life and in his career and he he looks back on that I don't want to speak for him but he he clearly looks back on that time very fondly so it was just uh, an incredible opportunity to just sit back and, and hear from him uh, what that experience was like. Yeah, and I mean, this guy now, he, he, he's been retired uh, for a few years here, and he's he's given back to the communities from Flint, Michigan. And uh, this July 27th, he is uh, uh, holding a uh, football camp there in Flint. He said there's going to be a barbecue and some 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 football and, and everything else there. And you can go to com. Uh, to check that out. We'll be posting stuff on our social media uh, over the next few weeks about it uh, as we lead up to that as well. But really, I mean, we legitimately just talked to a Lombardi legend today, a man who helped bring a championship back to Green Bay. Yeah, he definitely is someone that holds a special place in our hearts and I think in all Packer fans' hearts and memories. and. And for you younger fans that maybe weren't alive or were too young back, Packers won that Super Bowl 31. Just do what the kids at his camp do. Go YouTube Andre Risen and just check out what an amazing player he was and how fortunate we were that he was available to bring to the Packers and, and that he chose to come to the Packers because he had the pick of the crop he could have gone to the 49ers. He could have gone to the Cowboys. He was in a position to join any team that was going to be competing for a championship. And he decided that the place to come was Green Bay. So that's pretty special. Yeah, so sit back, relax, listen to a Green Bay Packer great 10,000 uh, yard uh, career wide receiver and uh, one of the best dance move moves into the end zone I've ever seen Andre Risen. Thanks again Andre. It was really special for us. Yep, absolutely. So it's about a 30 minute interview. Well worth every minute. Uh, sit back and enjoy and definitely let us know what you think and, and give Andre some love. So uh, thanks so much for listening and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades 
There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut. You better want it in your bones. Cause you're running with the big dogs. Joining us now is 12-year NFL veteran. Five-time Pro Bowler, 10,000-yard career receiver, and not of least importance, a prominent member of Super Bowl 31 champion in the Green Bay Packers, Andre Risen. Andre, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, we're so excited, man. We When we started this podcast a while back, we were like, Andre Risen's top of the list. we got to get him on. We're so pumped to have you. I mean, once a Packer, always a Packer. So question one, how does it feel to be a Green Bay Packer? Oh, it's pretty awesome, you know, uh, considering all the great players that played there um, prior to us, us winning the Super Bowl. You know, they had so many, so many great players and great teams and, uh, just to win a be able to win a championship, world championship, Super Bowl, um, <clears throat> you know, for the Packers organization. It's like, um, I mean, that's like a dream come true for any kid, you know, to be able to say, hey, and I have won a Super Bowl where this somebody used to coach, you know, and to be able to say I played at Lambeau Field and, um, you know, just to be be one of the players that uh can look up in the stands and see the Packer fans. Uh Packer fans are sweet, you know, they're they're very uh very IQ to the game, you know. And um, that comes with a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of support uh through the years. They've always supported the Packers. Um but up seasons, down seasons, no matter what, they always supported them and uh, so just to be a part of that uh was special. And I and I made some great friends and teammates too. Uh, that I still, I'm still close to it. Oh, see, that's that's so cool. Now, when you came into Green Bay, um, did you feel the love from the Packer fans from day one? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was I was either going to go to either go to uh, San Francisco or Dallas Cowboys, and so um, you know, you can imagine me and Jerry Rice on the same team, um, but then you also imagine me and Michael Irvin. And Troy Aikman and Emmett, and um, you can imagine that. And uh, I just said, you know what? I'm not cashing in my marbles that way. Uh, I still feel like I'm the best ever played game. And so um, I knew we would have to face one of them, either Frisco or Dallas in the championship game, NFC championship game, and it ended up Carolina, you know. But I chose Green Bay over those two teams um, during the free agency. And um, I'm glad I did. Well, we are very glad you did, too. <laughs> uh, needless to say, was there some particular connection to the team? Certainly that was a situation where you were a great player right in the middle of your prime. So you could have made an impact no matter where you went. So uh, I think it's safe to say that you held a lot of the cards in that situation. But was there some type of connection? Uh, the team certainly had a real need for you. They had a lot of young receivers that had gone down due to injury. Was that the biggest factor, or did you have some close relationship to some of the players that were on the team, maybe knowing uh, Eugene Robinson or even Brett, although he was only on the Falcons one year when you were a part of that organization? 
Yeah, uh, they both played a you know part in it. I, I had known Brett. You know, we drafted Brett when I was with the Falcons, and uh, you know, so there was, there was a relationship there. And then also, um, I knew Reggie White um, real good too because we had did a Nike. We both were Nike clients. And they did a big Nike uh, Nike commercial uh, together, and so we spent some time together in the off season and. I knew, I knew, I knew Reggie and, um, and then, you know, with the receivers going down, with Antonio, uh, breaking his arm and, uh, Brooks getting hurt, um, you know, I just kept it as more sense of urgency, you know, for a wide out to be inserted, you know, and I, I knew with my, my talents, I definitely could help, um, cause they had a great running game already and then Dorsey turned it on, uh, to help Edgar back there Bennett. And um you know, so we had a great running game. We just had to get that. we had two great tight ends and, and Chewy and, and Keith Jackson and so um you know my thing was to, to come in and give them that, you know, hey, out of nowhere, you know, you landed the best receiver in the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, I felt with that that new and our offensive line and the defense was uh you know, bar none, best in the NFL, you know, and so that Desmond Howard, the, our special teams was awesome. Kickoff coverage and kickoff return, punt return, punt, cover, you know, everything that you needed to become a champion, we had it. And so, uh, I, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing was I wanted, I wanted to win the Super Bowl and I felt like that they had the nucleus to do it. We were talking about that before you joined us. Teams just aren't built that way anymore, are they? Where you've got that many veteran players that, you know, can have that big of an impact on a team. The way that teams are built, that would just never happen. But, you know, what was it like then? You mentioned a couple of things, but joining the team midseason, did you have the feeling that it was going to be just for however long that ride went, or were you open or potentially both sides open to seeing how things go, went, and extending it beyond that season? Um, I would have finished my career there. I, I left there. I left Green Bay and went to Kansas City and went on to Pro Bowls and Oakland. I went to AFC Championship games and, uh, you know, game worth in the Super Bowl a couple times. And, uh, you know, I went on to have success when I left. But I didn't plan on leaving, even though I knew I was going to be a free agent. I wanted to resign, but uh, somewhere along Super Bowl weekend, um, I believe Mike Holmgren had leaked out that I, this probably was my last game with the Packers, the Super Bowl, because they were going to sign Brooks back. Oh, wow. That's, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I I mean, I, I'll tell you what, Andre. I, I think about you and, and, and Reggie White and Charles Woodson as the three greatest signings in Green Bay Packer history. You are the impact guy that, that really I thought, um, you know, and, and every Packer fan knows this, but we, we had lost a couple, and then, as you said, we signed the best player in the game. The best receiver in the game comes to Green Bay. Now, did Ron Wolf, did he call you personally? Uh, what Were players reaching out? What, what did that look like? Because, I mean, I remember I was 11 years old, and I literally ran around my house with a football cradled in my arm. I was so excited that we had just signed you. I uh, <laughs> uh appreciate it. That but uh yeah. I uh I don't you know 
So Charles and I played together in Oakland, became great friends. Um, I just looked at it like it was a chance and opportunity to um, to play on a stage uh, that I knew that was going to be big because, you know, in the NFC you had Dallas sitting there. And you, like I said, you had Dallas sitting there. You had San Fran sitting there. And, um, mm-hmm. Carolina came out of Carolina came out of nowhere, but um, I knew that somebody on the Packers team, as far as the wide outs were concerned, would have to be be able to play against Dion and uh, be able to play against San Francisco's uh, secondary. And so I was like, well, you know, Dion ain't gonna let nobody get open as it is. And then San Francisco has an awesome defense, but through the years, I've scored maybe twenty. 20 touchdowns is not 30 on San Francisco. And so I knew I could have success there. And um, I just pulled the trigger, man. Like, you know, hey, you know, I should have pulled it the first time when Brett reached out to me uh, before I had went to Cleveland, I believe. And um, I picked Cleveland and, um, you know, uh, I didn't know that Cleveland was moving their team. Uh, I would have definitely came to Green Bay the first time. But, um, you know, the second time was a charm. And uh, and we felt we had a team, too. The year we won that Super Bowl, we felt like we had a team that could win three three or four of them. And uh, those guys got back the next year, and I went to Kansas City and fell two games short. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes things just work out that way. But I know through the years, a lot of the guys that were part of that, uh, those teams mentioned that they thought, you know, we had something special that we could have had a dynasty. And sometimes things just don't work out that way. But, you know, we certainly don't regret having the the one Super Bowl brought back to Green Bay. You mentioned, Andre, some of the connections that you had, that chemistry that you had with Brett right from the start. Was that something that, you know, was that just two guys that were at the top of their craft connecting right away? Or was there a lot more work and effort that went into that behind the scenes to get on the same page? Um, it was it, it was it was a lot of it, you know. The um, there was just two. It was two great players knowing what their job was and uh, and having fun too while we were doing it. <laughs> Excuse me, having fun while we were doing it. But um, in those types of situations, it's like you know, hey, bring your lunch pail to work do what they ask you to do and um and have fun doing it and then I made great friends with all the wide outs. Um we became great just super friends and teammates. And I think that's what wins close games uh in the National Football League. If your core um if they hang together away from the field and they know one another away from the field, it kinda eases the tension a little bit of like, you know, um I don't want the guy in front of me to go down and get hurt but I do want to play. You know, and so if you get to know the guy away from the field, you kind of, you kind that kind of erases, uh, erases those those thoughts and feelings, and you get on the same page as far as is winning the championship, getting on the run, and and who can play the best ball um, for four weeks, you know, four to five weeks, and that playoff leading into the playoffs, and then hopefully you carry the momentum into the Super Bowl. Um, and, and come out victorious, you know. Um, it's a lot. It's a long season, and it's a lot of plays being played, and you can't win it by yourself. And I think that's what that particular '96 Packer team um, showcased 
that you couldn't win it by no one could win it by themselves. Brett couldn't win it by himself. Reggie couldn't win it by himself. Um, you know, it was a collective uh a collective group of like just some great dominant players, confident players too. We were very confident. And and proof is in the pudding because they went back to the Super Bowl the next year. And speaking of the Super Bowl now, uh, you're part of you played a key played a key role in perhaps the you know one of the most memorable plays in Green Bay Packer history uh, when you broke free for that 54 yard touchdown. This was uh, what Favre's first attempt pass attempt of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, can you walk us through that? What's what's in your head when that ball's in the air? Because I think we all knew that's six. But you know, what's that look like for you? Because you know, you're that open, you run past that safety and it's like good night. Can can you tell us, you know, what was going through your head when that, that ball was in the air? I was just uh hoping and praying it didn't hit my face mask. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had, I've had my I've had my share of bombs, you know, deep passes, um, hit my face mask. <laughs> I, like to, I, I used to like to show people that I had the best hands in the in the game, and so a lot of times I would take chances that a lot of guys wouldn't take. You know, I stick my hands out there, and so I would, you know, I was just hoping and praying that the ball didn't hit my hit my face mask, and um, you know, when I caught it. And it was like it was, it was dead silent, and, and um, I just said, "Don't let me trip, don't let me fall, don't let me fumble. <laughs> let me cross the goal line." Yeah, you you kind of broke into a little strut. You had time to kind of you know strut into the end zone, so you you definitely must have had a control of your uh, of your feet at that point once you had secured football because I swear I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. That was a play that watching it, it seemed like you were floating under that ball in slow motion. It was just an incredible sight to behold. So I can't imagine what your emotions were like before that snap and seeing Brett make that uh, pre-snap read and then you break open across the middle. And under oh, yeah. was there an audible on that play? Did he check down into a different play, or am I mistaken on that? Um, him and I, when we see each other, we laugh about it because you know it's all over the whole whole media circuit. You know that you know it was a, it was an audible and um, what the play was, forty two razor and all this stuff. And I mean, we just chuckle and. Um, even John Madden called it in when it was live. He said Andre Rodgers was in the slot. I wasn't in the slot. I was outside. <laughs> so we so he's everything, and he called. And John Madden called the game. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, we just laughed, and man, we just went with whatever the the, the folk story, the great folk story. Uh, we just we rode we rode the wave, but it was it was definitely an audible, and um, it was something we worked on all week in practice, uh, whether I had ran it or or Freeman had ran it. Um, we worked on it in practice. And so it presented itself, and Brett being the MVP and gunslinger he is, he wasn't going to wait and take a chance. <laughs> he wasn't going to wait and take a chance, you know. Uh, New England had a great great team and great coaches. Bill Belichick was the coordinator who I was good friends with. I know he would make adjustments ASAP. And so I couldn't believe they left him out there one-on-one with me 
Mm-hmm. And I look at it like as, as disrespect. And that's why I ran up on him so fast. I, I, I had, I had played, uh, New England earlier that year when I was at Jacksonville and I had scored twice on him, deep balls. And, um, and so I felt confident going into the game, but we had an extra, there was an extra kicker in there. We had got into a confrontation with New England Patriots defensive backs, um, earlier that week in the bathroom. Super Bowl week and uh, the wide outs and a couple of their DBs, we got into a little confrontation, verbal confrontation. And so the emotions were high, high and flying and uh, right off the bat, you know, couldn't ask for a better play. See, this is the insight that we're getting from you. This is awesome stuff. Now, Andre, I have to ask, because when you see replays of that play, after you score the touchdown and – it really just goes back to Brett's reaction. At any point, from your perspective, did you turn around and see Brett running around with his helmet off like a complete madman? <laughs> I mean, did, did were you able to, to witness that? And, mm. or, and, and, and I, we never really got to see how you reacted after you got into the end zone, <laughs> because I have to imagine all your teammates were going crazy, you know, going in and tackling you after you scored that play. Yeah, they, um, I never got a chance to see it until after the game. Um, well, uh, the highlights and, um, and seeing his reaction and, uh, you know, that's, that was pretty, that was pretty, uh, pretty awesome, pretty dope for him. Uh, that was pretty awesome, pretty dope for him, uh, because I knew what he had been through, um, on the field and off the field and, you know, that was his moment right there to show that he, He's amongst the greatest to ever play the game. And, um, you know, I was happy, super happy for him. You know, a lot of great players, um, you know, they pick and choose who they want to say works hard or has a great work ethic. Um, for a long time, you would have thought that Jerry Rice was the only one worked out in the offseason, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, a lot of work goes and preparation goes into it. You know, to answer your question um, from a second ago, um, there's more – more to it than just lining up and there's more to it than just lining up and running routes. You know, we, we work at it, you know, and we work on our timing and, um, breath could be a butthole, you know, if you're not where you're supposed to be and, and you got Mike Holmgren too the same way and we had a great offensive coordinator and Sean Lewis who never gets the credit, uh, he deserves, never have. And, um, you know, we just, we were so, dynamic with being on point like we were very crispy um and that's why we averaged 30 points we were averaging like 30 points uh going into the playoffs i believe so you talk about putting in the work and now i mean you're giving back to your community you're giving back to this next generation of athletes you're you've got a, a football camp coming coming up uh, in your hometown of flint michigan on uh, july 27th uh, tell us a little bit about that well, um, it's been well documented, you know, with our situation in Flint. Um, even though my wife and I, we reside in Ann Arbor, in the uh, Ann Arbor area. But, uh, you know, I'm always back home. We're always back home um, trying to trying to give, whether it's time, whether it's coaching, whether it's uh, just, a, just a hug, you know, because everybody has been well, like I said, has been well documented about the Flint water crisis situation. And so, you know, you, you got poverty, you got a lot of killing, 
and then you add, you know, there's no jobs, the employment is, is down, um, General Motors left. And so that that's probably with 90% of our our population, that's how they work, and fed their families, and, you know. And so you got all that bearing over your head, and then they hit you with, when you wake up in the morning and tell you that your water's bad, and the water that you've been the water that you've been drinking over 20 years is 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 it's full of lead and full of different stuff that doesn't cause it going to your body and be harming these children, you know, brain damage and you know who knows and it goes on and on and elderly people, um, you know, Parkinson's help help helping them move towards Parkinson's and all kind Alzheimer's and all that stuff. And it's because due partially to this water uh, situation. And so um as a as a as a as a as a player, pro player, that's cool and all, but in these type of situations you have to be ground zero. Um, because it's like you you're fighting a giant. I mean how do you change that? It costs a billion dollars to fix our water infrastructure. And so you got these kids that constantly hear it, and they're constantly hearing gunshots. They're constantly hearing that we don't have enough police officers in our city. They're constantly hearing their, their classmates getting killed and murdered by another kid, you know. And so you got to find some type of way to give uh, – God said you got to find some type of way, Andre, to give – to do something for the mindset of these kids. And so the best way is to give a football camp. Um, to be able to get around them and let them be around you. They don't know who I am. They know of me, but of course they're too young. They didn't watch me play. But, uh, thank God for YouTube. I just sent them to YouTube to watch some Packer highlights, Super Bowl highlights, and they come back and was like, Coach, you want a Super Bowl? I said, Yeah, I want it long, long, long time ago. (laughs) But YouTube definitely helped us out. The internet definitely helped us out as, uh, older guys trying to explain who we are to the kids of, of today and you know um there's a lot of excitement you know got a lot of a lot of parents uh you know we don't we don't get the the notoriety of a big a big city or big state that produces professional athletes but the city of Flint alone I mean we got probably about five NBA players right now currently playing in the NBA wow and um probably about two two to three plans in the NFL you know, right now, and that's just out of the city of Flint. And then you could say, well, Martinez, Martinez Jr. won the Heisman Trophy. He won that out of Flint. You know, um, Carl Banks is from Flint. Um, Martin Cleves and that whole crew that won the national title at Michigan State, they were from Flint. You know, myself was from Flint. Daryl Tennant from Flint. Mark Ingram Sr. from Flint. You know, and so it's a long list of guys, uh, that's been given back for years, you know, and um, we just try to we just try to get our heads together, pull our heads together on type, these type of situations, and, and help each other, you know, support each other's events. Mark Ingram Jr. Uh, before he takes off to Baltimore, you know, he just gave a seven on seven tournament for the kids. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Andre, that is just amazing what you're doing in the community. Is there anywhere that uh, Packer fans or anyone listening can go to get more information. Yeah, they can go to uh, www. and um, they can see uh, they can see more information there. They can register there. 
Um, anybody that's open to the public, so you can come from Ohio, you can come from Wisconsin, you can come from Indiana, all Big Ten countries, if you can get there. And uh, it's going to be a great camp. Uh, got a lot of barbecue, pulled pork going down, and got turkeys and chicken frying, and ain't no barbecue going on, and a lot of football. <laughs> that, that backyard football, you know? That sounds amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds uh, just awesome. So, Andre, I guess I also wanted to ask, and then we'll it's, we'll let you go. We don't want to take up too much more of your time. Yeah, training camp is just around the corner, and you touched on the tradition of the Green Bay Packers. And, unfortunately, you were never able to experience training camp in Green Bay as a player. But have you had a chance to get back to Green Bay since your career has been over? Oh, yeah. Green Bay brings my wife and I. Uh, we've been there a couple times uh, over the last two seasons. They've been, they bring us in. I've been honorary captain. Uh, I've also attended maybe maybe three games in the last two years. Awesome. And um, I'm always back. I was in Milwaukee. My wife and I were in Milwaukee for the Summer Fest. Uh, the Packers brought us up for that, you know, and so uh, we have a great relationship with uh, Mark Murphy. And um, actually, my wife had just been diagnosed with uh, cancer, breast cancer, and so uh, we went down there and got away, and so it was good for her to get away, and Mark got a chance to meet her and everything. And um, then we went to a game. Uh, we went to – actually went to two games. Uh, she got a chance to see Lambeau Field and – all that good stuff, man, and um, I didn't even know. I, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Uh, I didn't even know that they had like inside inside Lambo. I didn't even know they had like plaques, uh, you know, engraved inside, you know, uh, the stadium with the catch, the 54 yard touchdown, and stuff like that. So it was exciting, man. It was like I'm like, wow, man, I'm in Lambo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I walked in, and um, another time I was there, uh, I walked in the front office, and um, I seen a big picture, you know, it's a big picture of uh, me and Brett, you know, uh, hugged up on one another, and you can see the names, and after one of the touchdowns in the Super Bowl, and um, I was like, man, it just, I don't know, it just did, it did something to me, you know? It did something to me, my wife and I were talking, and he was like, well, if you're going to Hall of Fame, one day, if they tell the truth and let you in, at least put you on the ballot. I'm like, damn, I was that, I, I was that bad. <laughs> I, I, only, only had, I, I only led the led the league in the season in NFL history for the first five, six years, and, and only only had 60 touchdowns in five years, and only, you know, 10,000 yards. I had 10,000 in 10 seasons, so, anyway, but nevertheless. Uh, he said, well, who would you, who would you go in, you know, uh, who would you represent as a, as a Hall of Famer? And I said, man, I said, that's a pretty tough one. And, um, you know, cause you got the Falcons that did, you know, a lot of great work for the Falcons. But, you know, I was like, you know what? Come to think of it, I've never been invited to a Falcon game and all this stuff and never been and da 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 da. And I hit up Green Bay for like two, three years, and I'm like, you know what? It would damn sure be the Packers, because you know why? They make me feel like a freaking Packer. And, oh, and, um, that's, you well, know, I and think, I, you know, I appreciate it. 
Oh man, we we, and we love you. I mean, we love you so much, and I mean, you, you've just been you've been so great uh, along the way, and we we're definitely thinking about your wife too and your family. You know, at this time, I mean, it's just been it's been an absolute honor to be able to interview you today, Andre. It's it's uh, it's really special for us too. Yeah, and I think Dane said it earlier, Andre. You know, you may have been with the Packers for a, a fairly brief time in the grand scheme of things, but I I think we all agree the indelible impact that you made on the organization to put us over the top and bring a Super Bowl back to Green Bay, uh, that will never be forgotten. You definitely hold a special place in Packer fans' hearts. Yeah. Oh, appreciate it, man. And, and to all the fans out there in Packer, man, go Pack. Go Packers. Thanks, Andre. You have a great night. You too. And that concludes our interview with Andre Risen. So once again, we want to thank Andre so much for joining us. And thank you all for listening. Go Pack. Go.